the automotive field is just not limited to design, engineering, and technology. There are several other fields that get overshadowed by the cool things in the automotive field. And these fields are very significant. One of those fields is car finance, which many people, including me, don't have knowledge about. That's why today we have with us Gavin Cameron, who is a car finance expert, along with being the builder of Car Buying Guru. He has had experience in this field after working as a business manager in the used car department of one of the biggest dealership franchises in Europe. So we have tried to break down his journey with working in dealership and building Car Buying Guru on this episode of Shift with Motor Drift. So welcome, Gavin. Glad to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So my first question for you is, you know, like, were you into cars while you were growing up? Or like, did you ever develop interest in them later in life? Um, no, I'll be honest. I never really had a major interest in cars. I like nice cars, mm. but never really had an interest in like taking them apart and putting them mm. back together. Never yeah. really watched Formula One. Um, yeah, so a lot of people think that because you are in car sales that you're, you've got a lot of in, interest in natural cars. Mm. And that's not really the truth. The, um, the truth in fact, working in the industry is that majority of the people that are really passionate and car enthusiasts, they tend to be like the engineers and the mechanics. Yeah. They work in the garage and put them back together. Whereas us lot in the sales, we like nice cars, but nine times out of 10, hmm. they're just, they're just, a, car. They're just a, a vehicle to the money is the yeah. one that I use. Yeah. Now, when and how did you enter this dealership franchisee? which one sorry um i i heard that you know like you entered one of the biggest uh, used car departments oh you're talking about heaven's house show yeah heaven's house show yeah. so um i actually started off with a company called trust ford um okay which is actually owned by ford themselves they're not a mm. franchise um yeah. selling cars on the phone and um i was only getting paid like 10 pound a car which is nothing it's pennies mm. when you are uh, when you get into the industry, you start to understand that there is a yeah. lot of money that can be made from selling cars. So yeah. whilst I was doing that over the phone, they sent me on a training course. And on the training course, I was with guys that were actually in the dealerships and they were telling me how great I'd be in a dealership. I'd kill it in a dealership. I need to get into a dealership ASAP. Um, mm. I'm going to make, I'm losing out on so much money, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So I was like, it's a no brainer. I need to get into this dealership. I need to start making as much money as possible. Mm. Um, Tried to stay within Trust Ford, but mm. politics meant that I couldn't. Mm. So um, I ended up moving to Evans Houshaw. Um, mm. I got an opportunity. Um, my manager at the time, Joe, mm. gave me an opportunity. No experience or anything really in the dealership, but he saw what I could potentially be. And um, yeah, man, December 2020, 2012 is when I first stepped into the dealership. Mm. Um, and the rest is history, as they say. Mm. And how was your experience of, you know, like working as a business manager for this dealership? How was the experience? I started off as a sales executive and then mm. I think I was a year in a lot of movement, let's call it within the, yeah. um, within the structure of the business An opportunity came and mm. I was still quite new to the business at that point. Um, and a lot of people, including like the main manager in the business, didn't think I had it in me mm. um, to become a business manager. Um, because your job as a business manager is to make sure that as much profit as possible is made 
yeah. it's quite a pressurized job to be honest with you. I'd probably say mm. in the dealership is probably the worst job you can have in the sales department mm. because you've got to make sure all the sales team, we have a sales team of like 10, um, all doing their job. Um, the sales leaders sat back putting pressure on you to make sure everyone's doing their job and the DP or the dealer principals they're known is putting pressure on you. Mm. Your sole focus is just to sell as many cars as possible, make as much money as possible. Mm. Um, so it was it was an experience that was like it kind of I think it built me to where I am now. Mm. Um, it definitely made me understand the, the finance side of things a lot better. Um, the resilience of having starting off with a really bad month or a bad quarter mm. and having to pull it back. Um, being able to see how much money can be made within the business mm. without necessarily having to rip people off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is an amazing experience. I've got a great team. Um, some of the guys I worked with, I'm still mm. um, friends with now on WhatsApp groups, football banter and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, man, it's, it's I wouldn't change it for the world. It's probably the best job I had, if I'm being honest, as far as like, experience goes and what I learned and how it changed my life it was definitely yeah. definitely up there it taught you a lot it taught me a lot about myself it taught me a lot about the motor trade mm. um, and life itself yeah man definitely definitely didn't realise it at the time but definitely looking mm. back yeah it moulded me where I am now definitely mm. and like how did the idea of you know like creating something like car buying guru came to your mind like what was the inspiration for it um, there was a, there was, I felt like there was a glass ceiling above me within the business of Emma yeah. Southshore. As great as it was, there was also some politics, meaning I couldn't go any further within the business. I couldn't grow as much as I wanted to. Mm. Um, so I wanted to work for myself and I always wanted to leave. And then my business partner um, made the suggestion of me going into leasing, mm. using my experience in the motor trade to go into leasing. Cause I was originally looking at doing like um, digital marketing, marketing, mm. uh, but he's, he just sparked an idea and it kind of went from there and as it developed it was meant to be just a leasing company a leasing franchise was going to franchise it from a guy based in um based up north of england um mm. he's got a friend have the franchise and just sell cars through his connections but the more and more well he wasn't great the franchise system he had wasn't great number one and number two the more and more i looked at the situation of where i was coming from and the people I was speaking to, I realized that it had to be more than just selling cars. And there was an opportunity to really change the way that um, the motor trade was. And mm. yeah, Car Buying Guru, we, we, we purposely went out to, to help advise people, um, try and give them a better, better understanding of buying cars and just have a whole different approach mm. to the sales process of selling cars. Um, digital dealerships, doing it all online, which wasn't popular. Um, the pandemic obviously made that really popular and before that it started to creep in slowly yeah. but um, when we started in 2017 people were laughing at us and laughing at me in particular because I'm coming from the motor trade and people say they're never going to be able to sell cars over the internet now look everyone's buying cars on the internet so it's um yeah it, it's it's been a journey but I think it it's had different different chapters in it and we're still building we've got got lots lots to come in the next few months yeah everyone laughs and you know like when the initial idea kicks in but when they start thing, seeing that you know like things are working out for you they then ask you that how did you do it yeah exactly <laughs> exactly that's yeah. how it always works yeah now how does a person avoid making poor car bank decisions 
by contacting Carbine Guru. Going on carbineguru.co.uk. That's the best way to do it. No, I mean, you just got to do a lot of research. And um, mm. if you have got the time, that's the thing with us. We we help save people time. A lot of people haven't got time to do all the research and all the shopping around. So that's mm. what we do. That's what our business model is, I guess. But um, if you do have the time and you mm. are interested in learning more, you can just go online and take your time. A lot of people, um, and this is a problem, car enthusiasts especially, or people that, that just want to buy a car, they just want to get it out of the way. It's a bit of a chore. Mm. They just go out and they walk and then they walk into a dealership and not everybody. I mean, I don't want to give all my my peers in the industry a bad rep, but there's a lot of sharks out there. And if you walk into a dealership with your with your wallet in your hand saying, I need to buy a car today, um, they'll sell you a car. It might not be the right one for you. It might not be mm. in the right package for you, etc. They're definitely not going to give you a load of information mm. because that might be too much education for you to for you yeah. to then make a decision that doesn't favour them. Mm. Um, so they'll guide you down the path that they want to take you but mm. to avoid that to avoid being put into something that you're not necessarily it's not necessarily right for you just do a bit of research um, read some mm. blogs um, and I, I, it is a shameless plug but platforms like ours even if you don't necessarily buy a car from us mm. we, we give you videos we're giving you content we've got ebooks um, I've got an ebook out I've got another one coming out um, and there's things like that that are out there, not so mm. much as it should be, but there are things out there that will help you make the right decision. But the main thing to remember is when you're being sold a car, is that no one size fits all? Mm. Because dealers will make you think that that is the case. So you need to make yeah. sure that whatever you're getting into, both the vehicle and if you go for a finance package, mm. are right for you as an individual and not just what is hot at the moment. Yeah. Like people should, you know, like buy cars, like being aware of their financial condition and all. Because I've seen people, you know, like buying cars, which are just more, exp just much more expensive than the ones they can afford. And then they later cry about, you know, the loans that they have and the debts that they have to, you know, like give. Exactly. exactly. And it, it's ridiculous, really. I mean, we do, we, we all like a nice car. But mm. at the end of the day, it's still a car. It depreciates. You're probably going to get bored of it. Mm. You might you might buy a, a small coupe and then your family extends and you need to get a bigger car. You need mm. to really think about what you're doing and how your how your life is set up and and before you make a, a a final decision on these things. Exactly, the moment you drive the car off the dealership, it its value probably depreciates about fifty percent. Huh. Yeah, on a lot of cars. Yeah, I mean, the newer cars mm. um, in the UK, you got VAT, which you're never going to get that back if you sell a car mm. um, as a used car. Um, and once the warranty starts running out, the, your the depreciation flies. In the first few years of a car's existence, that's when it loses mm. the most money. Yeah. In the first five years, I guess. In the first. I think it's the first three. Mm. I think it's the first three, maybe even the first two. It's fifteen percent mm. of it is lost very early on in its existence. Oh. Now, can you explain the decision of someone buying a car with a poor credit rating? Um, the whole process or yeah, the whole process, it would be great. I can try. Um, I have, like I said, my ebook's actually about that. So it's, um, it's probably going to be out by the time this comes out, but, um, I'll send you a link so you can mm. put it down below and whatever, but yeah, the, the whole, the book's called, so you want to buy a car, um, with poor credit. Mm. Um, and 
the process is it it can be quite a daunting one but the main thing i'd say at the beginning of the process is don't worry and make make sure you remember that it's not the end of the world yeah. you can actually fix your credit by having um a car on finance mm-hmm. um but again like we just touched on you've got to make sure the decision's right for yourself because once you go through the process you might find a company that's able to get like, acquire you finance so you get your finance Mm. you've got your finance in place you're then able to um you're then able to start looking for the car and mm. when you start searching for a vehicle you need to make sure that you're not just buying the best like i always get it like someone will say to me i just want a car i want any car but mm. i've got poor credit i get them accepted as soon as i get them accepted they didn't want a mercedes or mm. they want a range rover and it's like mm. you're going to get yourself into more trouble because the interest rate is going to be high Exactly. That's part of the deal. You're, because you've got poor credit, the interest rate is going to be higher. So whether you're having a high interest rate, you're um you're going to then have to understand that your payments are going to be high. Mm. Um, and with that all, all putting together, you're going to end up having a situation where if the car breaks down, you're going to have to pay more or you're going to have to go into an older car to afford the payment. Um, or you're simply going to have a car that is decent but you're not going to be able to afford the payments and you're then um, going to be in a position where you're going to be falling into further, further credit um, issues and you're never going to fall, get out of it for the sake that you wanted to have a, a Mercedes over a, a Ford, for instance. Mm. So just be sensible. Be be sensible with your purchase. Don't get nothing crazy um, and go from there. Yeah. Because everybody, you know, like likes to have a Lamborghini, but in reality, they can only afford a Ford, maybe. Well, exactly that's what I'm saying, and it's crazy. People people say what they want, but it's like, what? Well, that's fine. What, I I want a um I want a six bedroom house in the country, but I'm I'm not really there yet, so I need to yeah. settle for what I've got. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you... It's just it's no different with cars. You just need to. Mm. It's weird though. I always think I was thinking about like this yesterday. Like people come in and ask, or they'll call up and they'll ask about cars that like oh. Like you use the Lamborghini, for instance. People, are like, oh, how much is a, a a Lamborghini, whatever? And I'm like, you wouldn't go into a estate agent and ask how much Buckingham Palace is. Mm. You wouldn't because you, you just know you you can't afford it. So why do people think that with cars it's any different? The car it, it is what it is. It's a it, these these like the Mercedes, like I said, the BMWs, the the Audis, the the Land Rovers of the world. They're a certain level of vehicle. I remember when mm. you couldn't really see them. You didn't see many of these cars on the road. Mm. They are becoming more popular now, so people think they're more accessible, but they're still expensive cars. They're not cheap. Exactly. Just because there's more. It just means there's more money, more people making enough money to afford them. Not that mm. they're more affordable, if that makes sense. So, so yeah, it's just, my main thing, if you've got poor credit, the main thing I'd say is just be sensible. Think about what you're doing. Think about the long-term effect it can have and mm. just try and get yourself out of the situation where you've got poor credit and then get what you really want as opposed to trying to get what you really want without trying to fix your your, your credit history. Yeah, like be fully aware of the situation you are in. And then, yeah, like it's okay to, you know, like desire a nice car. You just have to like put your mindset in and just work towards buying that car ultimately. Exactly. And if you are and not like able said, to buy it at the moment. If you do it, if you do it the right way, you can actually end up getting yourself um into the car you want eventually anyway but not only that but you end up doing it and improving your credit rating which will potentially improve your life exactly exactly now 
um, why paying for a car with cash is best like i was reading you know like once uh, an, an article on car finance and i got to learn that paying for a car with cash is the best options one of the best options so i wanted to ask why i don't agree with that it depends on your situation but i don't always agree with that it's like like i said to you before no one size fits all exactly some people think that it's the best option and the person that obviously wrote the article that you read thinks it's the best option mm. um i'm a bit impartial um because like i said i don't I've, i've sold that many cars now that i know that there's no one thing your situation will be different to my situation so i can't say to you yes buy your car cash mm. and you'll be sitting there thinking well i've got this cash here but i want to start my business and if i start my business um i'm going to need my cash so but i need a car as well so mm. which one is it is it, do i buy a car or do i go do you know what i mean but then mm. there'll be someone retired and they've got a bunch of cash sat there and they they don't know what to do with it and it's going to be the last car they ever buy mm. so them buying a car cash makes more sense than yourself exactly you see what i'm saying so mm. because if you can take a load of cash and start a business that's going to be generating you 3000 pounds a month mm. why would you take all that money and put it into a car that's going to be costing you to tax insure um mm. maintain and you're yeah. and depre- going to depreciate by so by the time it depreciates as well it's probably going to cost you close to a thousand pound a month yeah. so you could even buy the business which makes you 3000 or buy the car which is going to cost you a thousand or more so i know which one i'd go for so it just depends on like i said the situation a lot of people that say they're buying car cash I'd, there's a lot of advice out there from people that have never worked in the industry and that's a bit mm. frustrating for me mm. it's consumers making making decisions so it's, it doesn't it doesn't make sense you're telling me what was best for you mm. you're not you're not able to give me a rounded opinion um but yeah car, buying cars cash and you you said it yourself it, it, the cars depreciate all the time the minute you start driving it they depreciate so let me ask you something if i said to you to give me give me 10,000 pounds of your money to, for me to hold it and then you give it to me and the second you give it to me i set a light 1,000 pound of it i just put it set it on fire And you're watching it burn. You wouldn't. You would. You wouldn't give me the ten grand anyway. But you definitely wouldn't give me the ten grand if you knew. As soon as you give it to me, I'm gonna set a thousand pound of it on. On you wouldn't do it. Exactly. And people think that buying cars cash is just the greatest thing to do, but mm. it's the same thing. As soon as, mm. as soon as you turn the engine, you're burning your money, um, exactly. and that money can be invested and can grow if you put it somewhere else. Mm. Um, and that's kind of one of the main things we promote in the business is just do be a bit smarter with what you're doing with your money as far as buying cars yeah and i also think that you know like there is a bit of that element of you know like coolness related with it because i have seen you know like youtube videos all around with like buying a lamborghini huracan in 200000 pounds cash videos like these you know like they go and flow around the internet all the time and they get a lot of views so i get you know like there might be a, an element of coolness to it as well a bit of a point of flexing maybe so say say that, say that what were the videos the two, you can buy you can make 200,000 pounds cash no the videos is like buying a lamborghini with cash with you know like the guys with uh, the guys for oh, okay. a suitcase yeah, of yeah, cash yeah 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 those videos are all around the internet with 10 million views 15 million views so people get influenced mm-hmm. by them as well i have seen it why would you do that like the people that can afford to go and buy a car cash They're not buying cars cash. They're leasing mm. their cars and they're 
they're financing their cars and they're spreading the cost and they're taking that 200 grand and they're buying Bitcoin at the dip because they know that it's going to go and skyrocket or they're buying stocks and shares and they're making their money grow. They're not buying Lamborghinis. Mm. It's just ridiculous. But like you said, it gets the views and people who have been influenced. And it's, it's really bad when you think about it because a lot of money. Because they're not houses and the housing market um, and the, the credit crunch and the, 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 the big madness that we had in 2008 was it yeah yeah. Uh, um, yeah that that was a big thing but the cars aren't much far behind mm. it's just because they're not as expensive as the house it, it can have detrimental effect on people's livelihoods and especially the more expensive they're getting because technology is getting more advanced and you're getting like electric cars and whatnot now cars are getting more expensive and they are costing people more money so bad advice can really ruin your situation Exactly. And, uh, you know, like cars are basically a liability unless you, you know, like buy, buy a car, which is, you know, a limited edition car and they appreciate in value in future. You know, like some of these Ferraris and all, they appreciate in the value in future because they are limited edition, but they are, you know, like very limited cars. The general cars that we get to see on a daily basis, they are just going to depreciate, not appreciate. You like, like trainers. You can yeah. buy trainers that are limited edition. You can get these Yeezy that are only X amount of made, and but they're few and far between. Majority of your Air Force Ones is if you buy them and you walk, you take them, you drive, you walk down the road in them. That's it. You can't mm-hmm. take them back. They're not worth anything. No one's gonna buy them off you for for more. It's no different with a car. Exactly. They they they're made to be used. Mm-hmm. That's what they are there for. They're made to be used. They're not. They haven't. They're not an asset. They're definitely a liability. Mm. Now, like, can you explain the whole process of, you know, like how the process of uh, car buying grew, like how the service actually works, the whole process from the starting to the end? Yeah, so you're likely to see one of our adverts on um, on social media. Mm. Um, and from there, you'd fill in an inquiry form. Um, and then from the inquiry form, kind of go through a process internally where we end up assigning your account to one of our sales team Mm. and they'll contact you and they'll discuss the um the requirements you have so it's like a consultation um so what car you want how much you want to spend what's your credit profile look like um do you have a deposit do you have a part exchange etc once they've acquired once they've um got all that information from you they'll then start sourcing the vehicle for you where they'll put together a finance package of a number of vehicles and they'll send you over the details, usually on WhatsApp, they'll send you pictures of the cars mm. um, and if, um, tell you how much they'll cost and they'll quote you. Mm. Once you've found what you're happy with, um, you'll then be put through the finance application process. Mm. Um, you'll get accepted. Once you're accepted, there's some paperwork to sign and order form to sign. Um, and then that's it. You pay a deposit. You pay your deposit on the day of delivery and the car's delivered to you. Um, it's pretty straightforward. It's all done with you speaking to one person as well. Um, it's all done from the, you over the phone, so from the comfort of your own home, mm. etc. So it's not, it's a lot easier um, than having to walk around. And the thing is, we can shop with several different cars. So mm. whereas if you're doing it yourself, you have to go to if you're looking at four different cars, you probably have to go to four different dealerships. Yeah. Whereas with us, you can you can get four different quotes on your phone. Um, and that's it. You won't have to do anything other than check your WhatsApp. Mm, pretty simple. Yeah. Easy. Very simple. We try, 
we try and keep it as easy as possible because that's what people want in this day, day and age, right? Yeah. They don't, they don't want to go to McDonald's anymore. They want to go Uber Eats and get, get stuff delivered. Exactly. It's crazy. They want to get it home delivered. Exactly. Everything everything home delivered. So. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm not complaining. It works. It's, it, I've been able to build a business off it. Yeah. Now, um, I came across this term while reading a, an article on finance. PCP, personal contract purchase, but you know, like I did not understand it. So like, can you explain like what it is? PCP, personal contract purchase. Yeah. Um, so basically with the way that the industry was changing, the cost of price, the cost of buying a car on higher purchase was becoming more expensive. Um, and also people were changing their cars more frequently. Mm. So the motor trade come up with this new um scheme i think is the best way to call it is mm. where you offset some of the, the cost of the car to the end like a balloon payment mm. and then making the payment of the car into three parts so you've got an optional deposit um then you've got your monthly payments in the middle and at the end you've got a balloon payment um which automatically reduces the monthly payment so if you've got a 10 grand car mm. um but four grand of going to be on a balloon payment you only have to pay back the um the extra six thousand pounds mm. across the deposit and the monthly payments with some interest on top um but what happens is at the end you have the option to change the car so you don't have to pay the balloon payment so you can um you can pay the you can part exchange the vehicle mm. um be a settlement figure from the finance company which you then give to the dealership and the dealership will pay the settlement figure and if you have any equity in the car you can then use that as a deposit for your next car. Um, and also you have the option of just selling the car to um, to a car buying service, for instance. And then what they'll do, they'll pay off the, um, the finance company. They'll give you any equity and you can just walk away. Or you can just hand the car back to the finance company and walk away completely and treat it like a lease. So yeah. PCP is a bit, it's a bit new. Um, more and more people are going towards it though. Um, and like I said, people like to change their cars every few years. They don't want the headache mm. of dealing with an old car. And with these cars as well, it's not like before where you can jack it up on your drive and start changing things around in the engine. You've got to plug these things in their computers mm. at the end of the day. This is before the electric ones even really come into play. They yeah. are computers. You, um, you need to be able to know exactly what's happening under the hood to, to mm. be able to fix it. And most people, are, they don't really care to understand all that stuff. So they just want to get in the car and drive. Um, and changing changing the car, obviously there's a fashion, there's new technology. Um, mm. These manufacturers keep bringing out new shapes and facelifts mm. and everything like that. So people are trying to keep up as well with that sort of thing. So PCP works um, for, for what the consumerism world we're in at the moment, it works. Mm. Yeah. And like you need, the like service professionals which are you know like actually certified by company to work up on these cars like they are not simple enough you know like that you can just pop the hood and start working on it no there used to be a time when you could do that you just have yeah. mechanics that sit in their driveway you can't do that anymore. you need to have a computer to tell you what's wrong with the car exactly. they don't call them anymore they're engineers now mm. um technicians mm. um and yeah some people just can't work out what's wrong with the car because the computer is not telling them and it's just how it is it's, it's just it just gets a bit a bit messy so yeah the, therefore they just decide to leave it alone and not really um 
not really mess about with having the car for having the car um for too long yeah now can you explain this term as well you know like uh, the term is pch personal contract hire i read it along yes. with pcp like what is have you have you heard of um leasing before yeah like you lease a car i've heard it i heard the term yeah so pch is basically leasing personal contract hire so it's exactly the same you pay you pay for um your monthly payments you mm. pay deposit you pay monthly payments for a per- certain amount of time um mm. on a brand new car and then at the end of it you hand the car back providing mm. there's no damage um and you stick to the mileage that you agreed at the beginning of the, of the agreement then you'll um you'll be you'll be fine there'll be no extra charges so yeah pch is just another term really for for leasing okay now like do you ever faced competition from someone who might be building something similar to you while you were building car buying guru yeah loads and then one company just came out of nowhere with a big bag of money and totally dominating the market right now not even just what in my area but motor trade in general since you're just absolutely killing it in the uk um so yeah since since are big players in the game and they're essentially the same um the same as us mm. in a lot of ways but we've got some unique bits and we've got some stuff off our, up our sleeves and hopefully we've got a, a multi-billion pound investor around the corner that's looking to inject some money so we can take the market share off cinch but yeah but there's other companies um similar sizes to us that are around as well like i said at first there wasn't many um, mm. or at least there was many we was aware of and i think more and more people started realizing what we realized and it kind of has mm. become a bit of a trend now mm. they might have you know like saw that this is a money making opportunity business so might as well jump in while there yeah, are a few I mean, competitors yeah it's not it's not rocket science i'll be honest exactly. so it's more about the service and how you how you can be different as far as providing a good service as opposed to mm. the actual service itself if that makes sense yeah now like what are the challenges that you faced while you build, were building carbine guru red tape there's a lot of red tape um there's a lot of rules regulations um it's a bit of a click so the motor trade is a small world mm. um needs to be in with the right people to be able to build and develop and um also financial constraints it's an expensive business mm. um a lot of money moves around in the motor trade and you need to be able to um keep up basically mm. yeah and uh, like do you plan on expanding your range of vehicles to like two wheelers and all no you mean like bikes mm, yeah bikes motorcycles uh, motorcycles yeah do you know what it's not even that easy to get in the motor the motorcycle industry even though you think it were quite close they're very separate mm. they're very well, from what i've seen anyway i've never really even ventured near the motorcycle side of the trade Um but yeah it's not it's not something I'll be getting involved in. I can't even ride the thing let alone sell one. Yeah. I don't like I don't like bikes. Mm-hmm. Not enough wheels. <laughs> Understandable. Now like which countries do you plan on expanding to in the future? I'm not really thought about that, you know. I'm lying actually. I've, I have thought about Dubai because I just want to I just want to be in Dubai sometimes. Um 
but yeah, probably somewhere like Dubai, somewhere where people they happy to pay for a, a good service. Um, but you never know. It's, I'm still very much focused on conquering the UK. Mm. Um, and once that's done, then I think we can start looking at, at like replicating in other countries. But if I have, if I'm being totally honest, I have thought about Dubai because I got a friend that lives in Dubai, mm. and he's. I just want to be out. I just want to be out there chilling with him, and a reason to go and see him every every other month. Mm. So you want to dominate one country at a time, and the yeah, next yeah, one yeah. is Dubai. Perfect. Potentially, yeah. Just see what happens. I mean, one thing that the last twelve months has shown us is that nothing's guaranteed, and you got to kind of exactly take things day. You know, so mm. at the moment we we need to focus on what we're doing here, and then mm. maybe Dubai next, and then after that. Yeah. yeah. Now, what are your future plans with car buying, Guru? Like, you are planning on expanding to Dubai in future, and what are some of yeah. the other plans? We got an app that's going to be released very, very soon. Um, mm. We're doing. We've got the testing happening this weekend, I hope, um, and then we'll be released on both Android and Apple. Mm. Um, it's going to be like a finance calculator. You're going to be able to get your book your services with us, um, starting locally in Birmingham and then expanding. Mm. Um, so you'll be able to maintain your vehicle and get tips on buying your vehicle, special offers through our partners. Mm. So we've got a lot happening with the app. Um, more more publications, like I said, the ebook coming out, mm. um, and more stuff like that. Building the team. So we've got a new office opening in Jewelry Quarter purely for um purely for sales. Jewelry Quarter, that's in central Birmingham mm. in the UK. Um, yeah. and that's that's a purely a sales office mm. um just to allow for us to have more people to help more people um what else we got going on those are the main things when i and that's mm. like that was within the next six to eight weeks all that's going off so mm. after that I can catch up and i can tell you even more but that's that's this is stuff we've been working on i mean the app mm. we've been working on for years the sales office has been something i've wanted to do for some time as well yeah um so these are things that are happening now mm. they have been going on for a while. So once they've finally done them, we'll probably look look onto the next phase after that. Um, yeah. Have a big headquarters will be one thing that we're looking to do as well. But mm. but yeah, one things I can tell you, or the, the couple of things I can tell you is expansion of the team, um, yeah. the release of the app, mm. the releases the books, and mm. just other, other little bits and pieces like that around the app. So you'll be able to access special offers and whatnot and new services through the app as well great man great i wish you all the success on these things appreciate it yeah now what if we what would be our advice to someone who plans on you like who plans on building something just like you are building car wine guru um have patience um don't give up um my company was registered four years ago in like two weeks so we start coming up to our fourth birthday and we're still working to get to where we are mm. now. I feel like we turned the corner, but I felt like we've been turning the corner for like the last 18 months. Mm. Um, so it's a long corner, let's say that. But enjoy it as well. Like I've had to learn how to enjoy it. I've had to learn how to trust the process and not mm. be too hard on myself and not be too, too focused on the end goal and try and understand what's actually happening and mm. appreciating what I've achieved so far. Um, so yeah, that's the main. They're the main things I'll say to anybody that's trying to build something. Just, just keep pushing, don't mm-hmm. give up, and um, and yeah, just keep dreaming, keep working. Mm-hmm. 
Now, do you have any parting words for the audience? Yes. Um, I just want a few things. Uh, so, Rishab, thank you for having me. Um, check out our website, carbineguru.co.uk. Check out the Carbine Guru app, which will be available to download by the time you're seeing this, I would imagine. So, just search Carbine Guru on the um, Play Store and on the um, Apple, is it Apple Store, App Store. Yeah, I'm an Android <laughs> user, so so yeah. So Google Play or the um, the App Store. Um, download the app, have a play with it. Um, mm. Give us some feedback on Instagram at Carbine Guru UK. You can contact me directly at Mr. Gavin Cameron. Um, and yeah, keep supporting podcasts like this one, mm. um, content like this one, giving giving you guys value, and um, keep working, keep dreaming. That's what yeah. I, that's one you said. Keep working, keep dreaming. You'll make it. Loved this to love doing this, man. Loved having you as a guest. It was great. Appreciate like you provided a lot of value, and like I have some more knowledge in my knowledge bank now regarding car finance yeah. as well. <laughs> good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's good yeah. practice. Isn't it? Appreciate exactly. It. Appreciate it. Exactly. Appreciate it. Right. Yeah. Take care. Yeah. Take care.